to another episode of Cinema Flavor. You guys like that one? You like how I whipped it? Welcome. Just like that. Welcome. I get high with it. I could get a little whip on it. I think that's what you call it. Getting a whip. Hey, I'm talking about The Conjuring again. This time, the fun part of The Conjuring. So I talked about Conjuring 1, Conjuring 2. Those were the the main movies, right? That's the Avengers, quote unquote, of this franchise. Now we're getting into the spinoffs. Now, where the Conjuring movies are a lot more, again, quote-unquote, grounded, these movies, Annabelle and The Nun, aren't. Matter of fact, they get really weird sometimes. So, I want to get right into it, though. Um, Annabelle, I think everybody was pumped for, for an Annabelle movie, at least that had seen The Conjuring. Just because, hey, look, in the beginning of the movie, you get the doll. You think the doll's going to play a, a big part, but it, it starts you off with this doll being scary. And yet we never cut to it ever. I mean, it, it has a second appearance in the movie, but very briefly. And Annabelle kind of turned into the Boba Fett, right? Hey, what's up with this doll? I heard this is like, oh, out of all the artifacts that the Warrens ever had, Annabelle was the most dangerous. And it's just like, come on, what happened? What happened with this doll? Because again, these these movies are, I of course, based on a true story, but it's 10% of based on a true story, right? It's something that happened, and then, hey, let's make a story about how it happened. Even even if it's uh, not as factual, right? Even if it's just like half the facts. Actually, scratch that, like 90% of the facts. As, as long as there's a good 10% of facts, we're good, right? And that's, that's what it turned into. And that's what Annabelle turned into, right? Something kind of creepy happened with his doll. Now it's, oh, dude, worst thing ever. And you could already tell it was, just with the Annabelle and it's just, it's the doll. But it, it makes for, I guess, a good prop, right? A doll that's scary. Sure, we've seen that before, but this was just a, I wouldn't even really say it was that different. I don't, I don't even think it was that different from uh, from Dead Silence. It just, it, feel, it felt like that. But ever, they they hooked us in. James Wan hooked us in. He, he said a little, a little piece and said, hey, we might be able to do something with Annabelle. Even though he was, wasn't was as involved in the Annabelle movies, uh, as I think maybe we probably all would have liked, I would have liked, but he was moving on to bigger things. He was doing Aquaman and stuff like that, so you can't blame him. Uh, but there is a massive drop in quality from the Conjuring movies to these ones, and that's what I want to get into. Because uh, these movies, they hit this like, they're not quite Fs, but they're just scary enough where you kind of remember it when you leave the theater, right? You go, oh, yeah, kind of, yeah, yeah, it just kind of, the, the fear is lingering just a little bit, right? You're still, oh, yeah, the doll was kind of creepy the way it looked. You still walk away with it. It's not, it's not forgettable, but it's not the best. It's below average, I would say, consistently every time. It's 60%. It's a D. It's, it's on that level. But for some reason, some reason, I always... I get excited for these movies. And I, I don't... I know every time it's going to be... Yeah, it might be just a tad bit scary. But something. Maybe it's the stigma of The Conjuring. Maybe I... I just think maybe one of these movies will be just as good as that first movie. Or even better. I... It can't be that. Because it's always consistently like a D. Right? Even to the point of... I think the third Conjuring movie might might be that. Just because James Wan is again, isn't involved. But I'm still excited. I don't know, maybe, maybe it's just, I like seeing a, a cinematic universe that's actually succeeding, sort of, right? There's very few of them, and the ones that we see are constantly failing. I guess it's cool to see something other than the MCU. 
Maybe I just I like the the prop of it. Velik aesthetically is cool. It's a cool look. Annabelle's a cool look. It just I don't know. Maybe it makes for good toys. Ironically, which I don't ever really see. Something. It's just something about the Conjuring in these movies and these spinoffs. Even though the the quality is so not there, I continue to come back to it. And honestly, I can't see it going that much farther. I mean, really, if consistently these movies are always like that, at some point, everybody's just going to get tired of them. To the point that they're going to have to uh, start brainstorming. They're going to have to creatively start thinking of other things. And there's always a possibility it could get worse. From, from here on out. Because, I mean, in reality, I think Annabelle Comes Home let loose just a lot more than the other ones did. Only because, like, you're actually seeing all the... Like, there's the room where... All these artifacts, these cursed artifacts that the Warrens have been collecting, you know, it's finally like, hey, we got to this point in this movie. It's like, oh, yeah, I guess, yeah, I guess maybe you guys were set up for that. But really, it just felt like, hey, let's keep, let's keep coming off the first Conjuring. Let's keep borrowing or, or involving ourselves with that just to get the fans going. And eventually, I think that's going to get tiring to the point of they might just go off the walls with it. Who knows? We could start, it could get a lot bloodier. Sylvester Stallone could just show up for no reason. That could totally happen. That could totally happen in these movies. Yeah, Sylvester Stallone just shows up, and he's one of the demons now. He'd be pun he pun he's punching the Warrens. They're gonna have to fight with him. Who knows? But it can't keep going this way. There's no way it could keep going this way. So I don't I don't know. But look, look, I'll get right into it now with Annabelle. The first movie, this this first spinoff, where we finally see Annabelle and her backstory. Uh, supposedly, because the movie after this one is a prequel. So this is just kind of the in-between, I guess, of... I, I guess, how do I build it up? This movie is, out of the three, like the second one, basically. I know, it's confusing. Whoever decided, uh, hey, let's start off here, maybe that wasn't the best idea. How about let's just start with the actual creation? And I guess maybe you were trying to set it up as like, oh, here's really where the timeline is going, but it gets confusing. Uh, because if every movie is at a different time and in, in, in place, uh, people start to wonder if these movies are even really that involved with each other, right? And I, I understand the concept with this movie isn't, hey, let's get Avengers uh, all in one 360 shot take, right? You know, every, everyone's always chasing that uh, rotation shot, right? Hey, we want all our main characters to be all in one room. The Conjuring hasn't been doing that at all. It's just, hey, let's put out a demon or a villain, uh, and then hopefully we can make a couple movies out of it, which I I like that concept better than I like the other one. It's just, it, it feels like, hey, let's get to some stuff quicker. Uh, but I... We, I mean, we all still need some clarity, though. Hey, let's get to it quicker, but where are we going? If every single movie is going in a different spot, and it's not in, hey, this movie takes place at a different time than this one, but this one's considered the sequel, gets really confusing. It's confusing to me sometimes, too. Uh, so because of that, we get Annabelle in the, I guess, 70s, 60s or 70s. And this uh, nice young couple move into a house. He's a successful businessman. She's pregnant, uh, and she collects dolls, and, and as a gift, uh, her husband gives her this Annabelle doll. Uh, to the point of, right, it's all nice and clean looking. I thought, oh, okay, this is cool. And then we get into this whole, oh, murders Charles Manson type of situation where, where this crazy woman comes into their home and takes her doll, and uh, she gets killed, but a little bit of her blood goes inside the doll's eye. It was... Right, right when I saw that, I knew, okay, we're 
we are so far gone from true story now, right? And that's fine because I really want to see where this goes, right? This this the blood goes inside the doll. It's, it wasn't like oh this woman's magical. It was just a woman uh, breaks into this couple's home, takes the doll, starts cradling it. She gets killed, and that's it. It's like how does like how does a demon play into that? How does anything play into that? Right now, this doll is uh, terrorizing the people, and of course, it's always real slow and and uh, real thought out. Right, it's real. Hey, the door's creaking just a little bit. But of course, the the first Conjuring movie uh, explains that away. So I shouldn't I shouldn't uh, bash it because in this universe, there's a great excuse for that. But that becomes the majority of the movie. Really, it's a lot of jump scares. It's a lot of things go bump in the night kind of situations, and the the movie itself just gets really. You just understand, hey, this is how this is going to work. The doll's possessive. It's trying to take over this woman. She doesn't notice it right away. She thinks it's her. Then she knows it's the doll. Then she's trying to convince somebody that the doll's possessive. And, of course, no one believes her. And then all of a sudden in the third act, this doll, this demon is now showing itself to everybody. And uh, and it's just, it's really play by the numbers. It gets really play by the numbers. Uh, to the point, I don't even really think the first Annabelle movie really gives any justice to Annabelle at all. Really, because the majority of the movie is just that couple. And really their whole situation, they're living, you know, the way they're handling things. You just understand that this doll is a, a symbol of something. That it never really, um, it's not the thing terrorizing you. It's just holding the thing that's terrorizing you. Who knows? Maybe that's just what it is. Maybe that's just why I like it so much. Maybe it's not, oh, the doll's running around like Chucky. You know, it's just the the doll's creepy and you understand that there's something evil behind it. Who knows? I think there's some really creative things with those situations. It's just in this first movie, we don't really get any of that. You wonder, well, I understand you have to make these movies on a budget too. You know, these movies don't rake in crazy amount of money, but they just double their... They double their money when they when the budget is really small. Continue to make the budget smaller, which I think these movies are trying to do. Uh, who knows, man? You get something good, right? You get like a lights out kind of situation. Here, it's not so much the case. And I think I think Warner Brothers could be behind that too, where they just realize, hey, let's just make it scary enough and memorable enough uh, to where people just recognize the name and just automatically come back. Because, honestly, I think an audience that likes these kind of jump scares, uh, they'll just code to it like clockwork because it's it's sort of like a, a roller coaster to them. I, I noticed that every single time. Like, the audience for these movies is really unique, right? Because they're, they are so loud and obnoxious, but it's kind of in a fun way, right? Where they're not yelling at the screen or they're not clapping all the time. Uh, which I have no problem with, uh, but it does turn into, oh, jump scare, everybody freaks out, right? I don't even think they realize they're doing it, right? They're just sitting there just, hey, make me react to something. And I think that's just what it is, right? It's just, it's the fun of it. It's not, you're not really going for the story or anything. You really are just going because uh, it's a little bit like a roller coaster ride. And these, maybe I guess I could say the movies are really good at that because... Even though I, I understand that's what it is, and I'm not the one going, ah, you know, I always see a jump scare coming a mile away, and I wonder if other people do too, or maybe they don't, um, but I just, I felt like this movie was uh, just that, 
maybe it's really good at just doing that. Maybe there is, because I will say this, this, when there is something that's supposed to be scary, uh, the movie never holds back, right? You always, there's, there's not a whole lot of, oh, jump scare, turns out it was the cat, right? You do, you do actually get a glimpse of some pretty, pretty scary things. I mean, I think the, the wide shot, right, with the, hey, we could see the living room, but we could also see, like, some movement in the back room, right? And you see the woman walking and. You know, she walks away from the camera and then she comes back and she's a lot closer. Like, I think things like that are very uh, unique and, or at least they're, they're interesting to look at, right? Because you've now tapped into something that is pretty terrifying to look at. And also, too, it, it understands that you don't need a lot of noise, right? It's just, hey, movement, right? Make your audience pay attention to the thing on the screen instead of just, let's just put it on a platter and give it to them, right? They have to search it out. Their Their eyes have to... Be able to see in the corner and see, oh, okay, there's something going on over here. Things like that are, are uh, there's there's a splash of creativity. I'll give it that. Uh, those are always the good parts of the movie, right? It's the way they can handle some some things. It doesn't have to be it doesn't have to be too obnoxious with its scares. Uh, so Annabelle definitely gets a good a good plus for that from me. But I always I always kind of wonder like, I wish we could get like a like a Sam Raimi. To maybe look at these movies. Right, because he... I understand I he's the evil dead guy and he's very cartoony. And you don't want these movies to be like that. At least I don't really want them to be like that. But he could do something like a Drag Me to Hell. Right, that's scary in its own right. And still could be PG-13-ish. Which, for me, I, n I never really know. Like, I'm assuming sometimes these movies are PG-13. Sometimes there are. Uh, but I could never really tell because... A lot of times they're only rated that because the movie is deemed too scary. How'd they get away with that? I mean, if that's their kind of thing or if that's the MPAA just being dummies, I don't know. But it, it really never makes a difference to me. Um, Sam Raimi could definitely make that difference, right? When you look at a movie like Drag Me to Hell and go, this movie's PG-13, how? And you just kind of look at it and understand that the things on screen are horrifying, but they aren't deemed uh, gory or too... You don't need entrails ripped out. You could do something like a talking goat that's really creepy or a, you know, a woman hiding in the background with with a bad eye. It's very prosthetic-like. It's a lot of, you know, makeup kits and, and just kind of that practicality that makes it so scary. And I think a Conjuring movie could definitely use that. Like, having the nun in the background with some white face paints, it's definitely cool, but it it doesn't stand that way all the time, right? It does get a little stale. And I think Annabelle's getting the same treatment too, right? It always seems like this doll, you know, it's always a little broken and, and destroyed. The face is all crackled up. And then sometimes it's all nice looking. It's just like... I mean, I'm not really quite sure kind of the bit that you're going there with, but uh, it does get a little stale. So, I mean, if you could bring in, like, some more prosthetics, like a way uh, a Raimi could, it could show just, like, the true evil that is behind this doll with some creepy kind of figures or some type of, you know, Guillermo del Toro kind of monsters like that. That would definitely be cool to see in a Annabelle movie. I'm just kind of throwing shots out there, Warner Brothers. So if you're, if you're listening, you could go, hey, that's kind of a good idea. And it probably wouldn't cost that much. Uh, because those guys know how to work real low budget too. I don't know. I'm just kind of I'm kind of spitballing facts for you guys. Warner Brothers, you definitely need it, right? Because, look, you guys could definitely do like a hey, let's tie this in with like DC, or let's tie this in with Pennywise. But that'll be the worst thing ever, right? Just trying to tie everything together. It's just maybe take, let's take some more risk, 
with these movies. I think you definitely can because your demographic is already so small anyways. Uh, and they'll continue to come back, right? Because the name itself uh, prompts, it, it. it's recognized, and then people just go. It's, it becomes clockwork to the point where, I don't know, maybe you get like a, I don't know, like A24 kind of situation. I don't, I don't really know. But something's got to change out of this, right? Something, right? You could definitely pull in uh, some more people if you took like a more artistic approach, a more Ari Aster or Robert Eggers feel to it. You really could. Because you could bring in that demographic as well, right? And then you double it, and then potentially you can make these movies bigger than what they are. The other side of this, too, is because I'm looking now, I'm thinking about it. You know, this Annabelle movie came out in, like, 2014, right? So we're already going six, seven years strong. Maybe maybe this franchise wasn't meant to be all this, right? Maybe it wasn't supposed to branch out that far, and we just start ending it right here. Because trying to go ten, like... If it, like three years from now, we're gonna go a whole decade of this. Well, actually, more, even more. I, I, I think that first movie came out in like 2010. So we have already been going that long. So maybe the really just this is the end of it. I'm only, I'm, I'm trying to figure this, uh, this out as I go because I really want to understand like why these movies entice me so much, and I, I'm always trying to figure out like what the viewpoint of other people like because I, I hardly ever see anyone talk about these movies. Uh, but there's definitely a a selective, like, very narrow fan base that likes these movies. And I've seen it online uh, with other people. I see fan pages. And I understand that they like these movies. Right? So it's there. It's definitely there. I don't know. I guess I guess this really just could be the, the end of, like, all of this. Right? Because now you're getting into, I guess, B-list kind of situations. There was even a rumor that, like, uh, there was going to be werewolves in the third Conjuring movie. And I don't even, I don't know if that's true or not, but it's like maybe like it's, th this franchise is going to try to jump the shark uh, toward the end of it instead, right? Hey, if we're going to do something crazy, let's do it toward the end. And that just could be the, the end of it, right? Because, you know, after that first movie, I, I don't, sure you would want a sequel, but I, I can't imagine they thought it would go this far. Because I think The Nun maybe stopped that momentum just a little bit, just because that movie probably didn't pull in as much. I definitely know that there was not a lot of uh, buzz for La Llorona either. But this movie really kind of captured that, I think. Uh, I mean, just, there's a couple year gap between that first movie uh, and this one. But there were still fans there. But I don't see as much of that as we're now heading into Annabelle Comes Home. And maybe people just saw that with the first movie right away, right? They just knew, hey, that's what this is going to be. And they accepted that. And I think most people know that. Uh, even though there's... Like, I'm always still kind of amazed that, like, David F. Sandberg did, like, the, the second movie. Uh, and then went on to do something with Shazam. James Wan is now doing Aqua. I guess these movies could also be kind of be like a like a farm system, right, for other talent. If, if that's the case, then that's that's cool too, right? Because now you have James Wan doing an Aquaman movie. Um, something he probably, like, I don't think any of us would have ever thought he would do something like that, right? After seeing Saw and Insidious, uh, he got... A real big push up from uh, Warner Brothers and you know now he's sitting on top and he's, he's one of the top guys right now. Same kind of goes for David F. Sandberg who got to do Shazam right and I freaking love Shazam and I think most people uh, would consider that probably fairly underrated at least the people who saw it right but so he's created almost like a little cult classic for for Warner Brothers as well right so it's it's like you start these guys off with a different project going on with Warner Brothers and then you bring them up for the big thing. Right? Maybe that's that could 
be a thing. And maybe that's why this whole conjuring thing was supposed to be, right? It was just, hey, let's try to find some good talent. I don't know, man, but there's there's something more to these movies than what's just there. There's something totally on the surface that I'm so enticed by because I totally see some some type of momentum or potential with these movies. And the first Annabelle movie really took that off. Uh, it even brought up Anna, Annabelle Lillis, who um, she got to do one of the, the mummy, right? Uh, that's, ooh, boy. That's your one for one right now. Hey, that's not too much of a bad record. I like how my first, my review of the first Annabelle has just turned into me critiquing the Conjuring franchise again, trying to throw ideas out there. Just my overall thoughts of it, right? It's not, that's not fair. But there's, there's hardly anything to talk about that first movie. Uh, again, it's just, it's memorable enough. That's it. That's all I could really give you. These movies are never, never anything to really watch a second time, right? And... I mean, I guess you could kind of have it on as background noise, but at this point, like, anything could be background noise. You could just put a podcast on, right? There's no such thing as, like, a movie that's just on for no reason that you just kind of have your phone on, you know, as you're looking up, which I hate doing that, but I guess people enjoy that, right? This movie could totally be that, right? There's hardly a, a narrative to follow. It's just, hey, every, you know, of course, the 10 pages rule, something scary has to happen, so... You know, every 20 minutes, we kind of just need something to happen until the big finale toward the end. That's mostly what this is. But I'm still intrigued by it. And that's the thing I'm tr constantly trying to figure out. What is it about these movies where I go, oh, okay, cool. I saw the first Annabelle movie, right? Annabelle Creation comes, go, oh, yes. So excited. I get physically excited when I see that stuff. I can't tell you how many times I looked up when the trailer was going to drop for The Nun. Like it was Endgame. I just got really excited, and I guess maybe it's the atmosphere I get out of the theater. Maybe it's me thinking that directors are going to get a bigger push out of it. I don't really know. But I continue to come back again and again excited. And I'm still excited for the third movie, right? I'm looking at September. I mean, I'm also excited too, because hopefully theaters will be open by then, but we never really know. Uh, it would just be cool to see. And if September rolls around, we get to see that in theaters. Even if I saw it on VOD. Even if you released it on VOD, I'd watch. I'd watch it. I'd totally watch it right there, first day. I'm taking. I'm taking a day off work if it drops on a Tuesday, right? I'm watching it. I've become a fan. If I wasn't a fan, I wouldn't be doing a marathon on these things. That's what I'm saying. I'm trying to figure this out as I go. What is the button? What is the thing that is creating this momentum to make me want to invest time into the Conjuring movies? Maybe Annabelle Creation will figure it out. Uh, which I already saw. I currently rented a couple, couple of the other movies, even though I own them. I don't, I don't know. I'm having this weird thing where I can't log into an account. So, hey, instead of just trying to figure that out, I'm going to be lazy and just buy the movies again. I don't know why I do the things I do. I just do them. Anyways, guys, thank you for listening. I'll give Annabelle a, a good C-. minus. There you go. You pass, Annabelle. Get out of my classroom. Anyways, guys, hey, we hit 1,000. Excuse the background noise. There's background noise going on. I can't control that. It's really hot. I want the window open. Sorry. You're going to have to suffer too. Anyways, thank you guys um, for the thousand listens. We hit a thousand. Yay. Let's go, man. I'm, I'm so excited. I saw that. I was grinning from ear to ear, man. It's just, it's like the podcast has really turned into a, like a little seed. Right, it's starting to sprout. Right, if you're looking at it, you go, "Hey, I see a little, I see a little leaf coming." Till it fully grows into a big tree that I could sit under and meditate. I got too deep with that. Anyways, that's my nice way of saying, "Hey, I hit a thousand. We hit a thousand. 
So we're keeping the podcast coming. We're, we'll figure it out. You know, if anything, I kind of like the the way we've been going now, right? Getting away from the reviews, um, it's been nice these last couple couple weeks. As far as like week to week reviews, right, of like a Black Widow or a Mulan, things of that nature. It's been giving me free range to do whatever I want, any review of any movie I'd like. So that's been great. Um, but thank you guys again so much for listening. Go to Twitter, go to Instagram, go to TikTok at Cinema Flavor. Go check out all our content. And don't forget to subscribe as well on Spotify. Any platform of your choosing, just go to our Instagram link in the bio. Click on it and it'll show you whatever app you already use as far as music. Just click on it and then there you go. No need to download another app. No need to sign up for anything. Just plug in and listen. All right, guys. I'm out.